you're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast, brought to you by Arma Energy, presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best, motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Bill's Pipes, and W Wheels. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and with me on the line, we've got 7-Eleven Film's own Shane Doyle. What up? Shane, you were at Houston Supercross. We heard you in one of our last podcasts not too long ago. Actually, you know what? We didn't even hear you on that one because you'd already passed the phone over to uh, Blake Wharton. You were in the passenger seat um, throughout that podcast. We might have heard you giggle once or twice, but nevertheless, we've got you on the Houston Review because uh, you were at that race and uh, and played an integral role with the TPJ um, Privateer Journey team. First of all, how's it going today, bud? It's uh, Tuesday. Uh, it's going pretty good, man. You know, I just had a pretty good day at work today. Kind of uh, still tired from the weekend, as we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, it was a pretty good time on Saturday. Uh, ended up mechanicing for uh, the seven-deuce deuce because of some problems that he had. But uh, other than that, yeah, it was just a really long day and a pretty good day overall. Absolutely. Sounds like uh, an eventful day through and through, uh, lots of mechanical issues um, and, and some backup bike issues, tearing the bikes apart, putting them back together, and uh, it all added up to the Seven Deuce Deuce coming up just one position behind Dustin Pipes in the LCQ. Uh, didn't end up making the main, but uh, probably for the better because uh, once that LCQ was finished, the bike didn't make it back to the pit area. Um, so before we get into that, how did uh, Addy's day start? Uh, and first of all, how did you get approached to do the, the wrenching? Because uh, uh, I've never known you to be uh, too savvy with uh, with, it, with an 8 mil. <laughs> yeah, basically, uh, you know, I was going to do my normal thing. I had my brother out there and... Uh and my friend Dylan, and we were just going to do the normal, you know, video like we have been doing. And Adam came back. Well, we were actually filming first practice, and Adam came back uh, to the tunnel there, pushing his bike, and I was like, dude, what happened? And he was like, blew up. It's over. Like, the day is done. And I was like, no, dude, no, it's not. So I grabbed his bike, you know, trying to save him a little pushing, because I'm sure you've heard the Houston pits are quite a good ways away from the actual stadium. 36 miles so, Yes, might as well be 36 miles. But, uh, yeah, so basically I pushed his bike all the way back to the pit. And then we're kind of just sitting there. And we're like, what are we going to do here, you know? And uh, and he goes on the way. Actually, when we were pushing the bike over there, uh, one of the guys from Honda was walking with us. And he, Adam goes up to him and he goes, bro, I know it's a long shot, but do you mind if I use Trey's bike? Like just laughing about it, kind of just joking. And, the, and uh, the Honda guy, of course, was laughing too, and he was like, "No, man, I can't really do that," uh, which is understandable, obviously. But uh, worth a so try. Yeah, I mean, it's worth a try. All I can say is no. But uh, we went back to the pits, kind of started, you know, just talking around to people. Uh, he went over to the Rocky Mountain team and asked them if they had a spare motor, and I uh, wish they did, but you know, they didn't want to let us uh, use that either. So it's whatever. But uh, instead, actually. I believe it was Chad Gore's bike or someone's bike that was on the trailer, but it was a 250, and he uh, he offered uh, Adam to ride a 250, and of course Adam's like, dude, do you see how big I am? You know, that's not going to work. Yeah, no kidding. And, uh, yeah, no, it'd be really sketchy. So uh, luckily Chad Cook uh, had his practice bike on the trailer because he had just got done riding at Trey's house during the week. Cook to the rescue. So, um, yeah, so we had that on there, and uh, it was a 14, though. And it was a stock motor and all, so Adam was kind of worried about that. But we ended up uh, switching everything over, suspension, seat, plastics, uh, wheels, tires, chain, all that good stuff. We switched it over. It took us about an hour probably, and uh, 
we made it just in time for third practice, and he went off there and uh, and qualified. But yeah, basically, I just kind of helped him out from there for the rest of the night. Uh, he didn't have anyone helping him, so I was like, you know, I'll just I'll help you out, dude. So yeah, it was a pretty good time, man. and then uh, the night show, you know how that went. I mean, he uh, bad start, heat race, uh, not so good of a start in the semi. Then the LCQ, he actually got a he didn't get a good jump off the line. But he kind of pinched himself in there just enough to be in the top four whenever he came out the first straightaway. And, I mean, everybody was giving him crap for not taking out pipes. But, you know, him and pipes are pretty cool. And uh, it was a really close race. And it was probably better that he didn't make it because uh, when we opened the oil cap, after we switched the bikes over, there was, like, there was oil pouring out of the fill hole. Like, it was way over full. But it was because the injector was leaking fuel into the, the cylinder past the rings. And it was getting into the oil. So it was like a chocolate milk looking substance in there. So we had to change the oil and uh, it held up. But then, like you said earlier, right when we got off the track of the LCQ, the bike died. And uh, me, him, and Max were just standing there kind of kind of laughing like, yeah, that happens. That's just how the day went. And uh, not to mention during practice, um, you guys miss the first time practice, which is the second practice. Yeah. You guys go out there for the third practice. And they've added two different wall sections to the track to kind of slow you guys down a bit. But they're going to continue to keep the the first practice time. So, yeah, Addy, whenever Adam was telling me that, I was very surprised that they would even do that. I was like, how is that fair? You know, how is that fair at all? Exactly. And like, this is uh, unfortunately not a huge surprise to me because um, they just like not a lot of common sense going on um, with that operation in terms of uh, how how these guys are going to qualify throughout the night. Um, I guess like you could argue if you qualified, like if say if you had a fast time in the first qualifier and you have a crash on the first lap of the third qualifier, um, to not have your times uh, to, to not have your time hold up would be a detriment yeah. to you. But still, like to to tell these guys that they got to go out and find an extra two seconds. Uh, to even be able to make it into the night show, Addy, who's usually a top twenty guy as a for for qualifying, ends up thirtieth. Which basically, like, if he would have had a a properly running bike, that would have been pretty detrimental to them throughout the entire evening. Um, on a on a good bike or not, you know what I mean? He you put him in a bad gate yeah. position throughout the entire night, bad starting spot, and um, Addy's never been like really known for his unbelievable starts. So. Yeah, um, it, it definitely put him behind the eight ball, and uh, but luckily well, another him, thing was his clutch. His clutch was slipping yeah. super bad off the start, and uh, I, I thought it was wheel spin at first. But uh, I watched the the video after the heat race, and it, it wasn't wheel spin. It, it, he hooked up pretty good, but the the clutch was just just not not there. Hundred percent. So, uh, but good on you guys for not giving up, and uh, of course, uh, Adamantic Nap the seven double deuce. Putting it in out there, uh, blood, sweat, and tears, ripping that bike apart after the race when it's raining, like just couldn't be any worse for him. But you got to know at the end of the day, the guy's got a smile from ear to ear. He picked up uh, oh, yeah. uh, about nine, about $1,000 for purse, purse money from even getting into the main or getting into the LCQ as far as he did. So uh, a pretty decent day. And as far as mechanicing wise, you're able to get out there on the floor during the race time, first of all, how cool is yeah. that for you, man? It was pretty cool. You know, it was my first time, uh, you know, doing the pro supercross mechanicing. You know, I've, I've done bike work obviously before, but it was my first time on the floor doing that. But it, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. You know, it was an experience. Uh, it was kind of hectic, you know, in practice. Cause he basically told me, he was like, look, just pull out your phone look at the lap times and write down what place I am and my lap time on the board. So, you know, I was like, trying to get my phone to load quick enough and you know the lap times are pretty short but he was coming around pretty quick so it was kind of hectic doing that but other than that yeah it was it was a it was a good uh good time well in in a, in a way maybe you could have just been uh to have known what type of uh lap times that Addy was running and uh maybe just guesstimate uh whether it was a fast <laughs> one or a slower one uh plus or minus a, a few tenths I, I don't think you would have been able to call you yeah uh I mean, honestly, I thought he was riding like the best he's ridden all year in the in practice. Even on a stock bike, he just looked like he was really flying with the track. 
and uh, every, everything was just everything was looking good out there, you know. So it's, it's really just a bummer that he didn't make it. But like I said, you know, who knows what would happen if he did? The bike could have blown up off the face with the triple ones. Could have been really bad. Hundred percent. Now, uh, safe to say that if you would have made it into the main event with your All Star rider, uh, you would have been bumping been. elbows with the. Uh, <laughs> All of, all of the the, main, the usual suspects, man. You'd be next to Carlos, bumping elbows with... Uh, oh, it would have been awesome if Berluti would have been down there and talking all oh, kinds Berluti, of smack yeah. because as the seven double deuces wrench, you have to basically take on that persona as just being able to shout at pretty much anybody, take up your own space, uh, oh, yeah. just, just shout it out to... Uh, to Jenny Taft and make sure. Oh she no, knows he was. There. He was in the in the tunnel before the LCQ. He was like, "Jenny, what's up, girl?" I was I was dying. Excellent. Now that's awesome. So let's get into uh, talking a little bit more about uh, the other things that happened to the race. This is not the adamantic nap review, although we are uh, fond of the <laughs> uh, the gentle giant. Um, let's get straight into the two fifties, and uh, I, I thought we would. Um, break straight in and talk a little bit about the top five and uh who better start out with with your 2015 west coast champion the number 17 on the star racing yamaha he goes by the name of cooper webb cooper webb qualified first uh fourth place on the first lap he led six lap he led all he led six laps in total uh and takes your victory 25 points puts an exclamation point on it uh, what could be said about Cooper Webb on this night? Uh, he, man, that that kid is something else. Like I, I didn't get to catch the beginning of the 250 race, to be honest with you, because I was running back from the pits. That's fine. <laughs> so uh, you know, all I all I really saw was him just checked out, and uh, it was just. I mean, he, he had a flawless race, and I think he was feeling it all day. I remember on his podium interview, he was just like. You know, I'm just out here having fun. You know, he already knew that he was going to win this thing, and he had he had a decent lead. So, you know, I think he uh, he deserves it. Hundred percent. No no question of his him deserving the uh, the championship. And for the first time in a long time, that championship uh, heads to North Carolina. Um, qualified um, first first out of his his first out of his heat. He was fast in practice. Uh, kid was on point. And I think if you look back at this particular series, he was a bit of the class of the field the whole time. Like obviously the first race, he ends up fifth or sixth. Not a great showing, but uh, didn't let that bother him whatsoever. Goes in, puts some puts in some good rides, and especially with uh, some mistakes of those around him and the fact that, uh, well, in this particular race, Tyler Bowers, second in points, ends up uh, 21st. And then um, Jesse Nelson, down with injury, doesn't show up either. So that just turned into a huge points lead for him. The guy uh, just ran away with it. Yeah, uh, you know, the... The Tyler Bowers thing was, I kind of expected that to happen. Uh, he didn't crash, did he? He just pulled off, right? He just pulled off. I believe he was nursing yeah. some lower back stuff. Back even the, yeah. right, right at the beginning of his time off, I don't think he was ever 100% um, during the off off period, those eight weeks. Yeah, I kind of heard that from a couple of people, that he was really having uh, some issues. But you know who really surprised me uh, on Saturday was Austin Politelli. You know, he won his heat race. His first one of his career, and uh, that was that was really surprising for that guy. And I was also very surprised to see that he would win the win. Uh, he's the second qualifier uh, going into the main event, but then uh, proceeded to have, I believe, some bike issues. Bike just died yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, also very surprised to see that the fifty one fifty energy drink that he was holding during the podium was not an actual can of 5150 energy drink, which uh, <laughs> if anyone goes back and watches the broadcast, um, good on him for, for honestly being a guy who's probably not given too many interviews, especially in front of that many people, uh, to, to, to do a good interview, but it's pretty funny to see that uh, he didn't have uh, the, the correct product on display. What was it? I, I didn't even... It I was just a random cylinder. Like, it was just like, it was as if it was like a <laughs> fake can. With a white top to it, and it was wrapped, and in the, it was just a black wrap that said fifty one fifty energy drink, like, as if they had like. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to go watch that. Yeah, it's it's like yeah. I, I like 
like good on the kid honestly no knocks on those guys but uh um funny to see and actually in my living room right now i'm looking at austin politelli's number one plate from his 2013 250 canadian championship uh i his, his uh, mechanic hoodie was uh, nice enough to uh, pull a piece of plastic off of there at the Regina National this uh, this past summer. So I'm not sure if Austin's going to be coming back hey. up to race, but uh, I hope Hoodie is because Jonathan is is one hell of a guy. Dang, I, I didn't even know he won that thing. I don't really keep up with the Canadian Nationals much, but uh, I guess I'll have to this year. Oh, for sure, man. Do you mean you don't get uh, Sportsnet down there? No, I've never even heard of that. Perfect. No, <laughs> most neither have most of uh, those who are listening. Because uh, looking at my analytics, overwhelming majority of people who listen are from the states. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the second place rider. Who um, really? This guy flies under the radar like no one else. Um, you know what else he flew into? Sorry, the back of a jump. Pretty yeah. So you know what else he flew into the back of a jump pretty hard on the heat race. Yeah, him and pretty much everyone else in that class is uh, pretty pretty guilty of that. But nevertheless, uh, Shane McElrath or McElrath, however you want to say it, uh, he puts his his KTM on the box and uh, after qualifying twentieth out of the LCQ um, with a terrible gate pick, I gotta imagine pulls the whole shot, uh, leads nine laps. And coasted in for uh, I think that'd be a second consecutive uh, podium, and uh, not too far or not too far behind was Malcolm Stewart. Yeah, Shane's come a long way, you know. Uh, you like he's always he's always been one of those guys that are right there. Uh, but he's I think towards the end of the season now. I know he's had some pretty different finishes this year, so I think it's good for him to to round it out with a second. I mean, he honestly I think he could have won. He could have. Uh, you know, he could have raced Cooper Webb a lot harder if he wanted to, probably. But because you know, there's no really, there's no point in doing that because he, there's, he's not in a championship, so there's no point in uh, risking himself for that. Oh, if I'm if I'm Shane uh, McElrath, I'm just like center punching Webb and just over the berm. <laughs> I'm making a splash. I'm I'm making a statement. Just absolutely uh, annihilating the guy. I I disagree with you, hundred percent. You don't, you don't think that he should have? I'm, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, honestly, in his position, probably feeling like this is the best, like, like is one of, it's going to be a best finish of his career. Uh, and oh, you yeah. see the red plate in front of you, and knowing the math that this kid's on his way to a championship, uh, I think, um, I don't know if they'd think about it in like during the race, but I think if you were in Cooper Webb's position, you'd hope that someone that's not in the points chase or it's something that's not within swinging distance of you would kind of give you the right away, uh, to, uh, go on and take yeah. the victory and, uh, good sportsmanship on Shane's part on that. Yeah. Like I said, he, he, there was no point really risking himself there because his outdoor series coming up and, uh, I'm looking for him to be one of those top five guys out there. 100%. So, uh, but yeah, just, uh, Malcolm Stewart there. Like he, he had a bad crash as well. Three Did of you them. See that? <laughs> he had he had some Did bad get offs everywhere. That guy um, in that heat race gets right into the back of Zach Osborne, goes down hard, basically takes that three footer to the shoulder, uh, stops dead. His bike goes over into the next lane, and um, yeah, like again coming out of the LCQ. Uh, you got two guys on the podium that uh, qualified 19th and 20th. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I thought it was pretty crazy how uh, he ran into the back of him and then he crashed on the other side of the, the lane over there and ran into his bike. That was nuts. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, he, get, he had that bad of luck and then he comes and gets a podium in the main event. That's I'm sure he's feeling it though. I'm sure he was sore afterwards. Oh, I'd imagine Mookie is uh, pretty sore, but seems like the kind of guy who's pretty mentally tough, uh, able yeah. to shake those types of things off. And um, I know through working into the tutelage of uh, of his dad, he definitely uh, has that never say die attitude. Same as James. Uh, yeah. James Stewart, very common to just uh, like. No matter what happened in the first moto, or whatever happened in practice, or uh, in a in a heat race, 
come back and uh, and, and and still twist the throttle. So uh, definitely able to do so. A um, couple of Yamahas rounding out your top five. Uh, the star racing Yamaha of Aaron Plessinger, uh, top five. He's, he's in fourth place. In my opinion, a pretty decent year for the rookie. Um, oh, yeah. You're talking about a guy who, uh, A, comes from a off-road background. B, um, he's this is his first season in Supercross, although, yes, of course, he would have raced the uh, uh, amateur superstars at least once uh, from the Monster Cup, and these guys do a lot of practicing on these tracks uh, beforehand. But nevertheless, um, I recall Phoenix, where he was on fire, absolutely flying in those uh, switchback corners where there was a couple of uh, uh, small triples that he was just charging through great corner speed um, look out for Aaron Plessinger in 2016 that's all I got to say yeah I can definitely see him getting some wins next year uh, yeah he's had a he's had a real breakout season you know uh, I know uh, whenever Shine was out in California at the beginning of the year he was actually living in the same compound as Aaron Plessinger and they were riding together quite a bit. So, uh, and I heard nothing but good things about him. He seems like a really good kid. He's got a good head on his shoulder. So, yeah, I'm for sure looking for him to be on top next year. I totally agree. Now, after another another guy who had a terrible crash in practice was Alex Martin. And uh, I know you probably play some mad skills. I know for damn sure I play Dude, some mad skills. Yeah. And uh, I think he's been playing a little bit too much mad skills during the off time because that guy is leaned back and I'm, yeah. Big yeah, time yeah. issues. <laughs> Looped. The 31 the was, uh, I think he should have just held on to it and tried to backflip, to be completely honest. I think that would have been better. He might have well have. Yeah. yeah, he might as well. Yeah. Um, like, I saw the video and I was like, damn, he's been playing too many mad skills races. For sure. And like, I think if, if I could, could be mistaken, but I think that's his third top five of the series, only uh Eight round series, is it? yeah, it's an eight round series, uh, and this yeah. is only seven rounds. So th- three top fives, it's great. He's got the podium. Yeah, uh, good, seems like a changed guy. Seems like um, showing more signs of Alex Martin 2012 or maybe 2011 when he first turned pro yeah. and, and led some laps at Millville. Obviously, that's a, a, a hometown track, but on the 1110 bike, he was flying. Had a lot of confidence. I think with the the success of Jeremy, he kind of took a back seat. And um, as motocross racers, we have a tendency to fall to where we're supposed to be or where mentally we think that we are. Like um, if I have Shane Doyle behind me and I know that I'm faster than Shane Doyle, I will go faster than Shane Doyle. And same thing with you, that if you're behind Brad Gebhardt and in your head you know I'm X number of seconds per lap faster than Brad Gebhardt, you will find a way to go faster. Um, and like, it's funny because a lot of times we more or less feel comfortable doing so. Like you'll, you'll go to a brand new track and do things basically outside of your own comfort zone based on yeah. the other riders that you know that you're faster than. And uh, I think that's a case with the Alex Martin is that because of the success of his brother, he kind of, allowed himself to think that uh, I'm not quite on that kid's level anymore or he's kind of surpassed yeah. me. So I fall in with the guys who are behind. And um, I think this year, having he's now moved down to uh, the tech, down to the ranch and he's, he's putting in some laps with his brother and I guarantee he's, he's sniffing the fumes of that tailpipe pretty much all the way around the practice track. And that's got to be a good confidence oh, yeah. booster. Like knowing that you're on an inferior motorcycle, although the same motorcycle, an inferior built motorcycle with still good components, but obviously not the same. Um, and and you're able to uh, hold it with with those guys. It's it's a huge confidence boost going into the weekend, and uh, I think that's what that's the product of his top uh, his three top five so far. Yeah, you know, Carl Michaels is for sure helping him out. I'm sure uh, you can tell by the way Jeremy rides that. Uh, He's he's improved quite a bit since last year. Uh, I don't think they did they both do very good in Supercross last year. I know Jeremy didn't, but did Alex have any good finishes? Uh, well, he uh, he got uh, he went from number fifty five to thirty one, but I feel like that had more to do with some stellar outdoor rides from yeah. last year. Um, I don't yeah, remember. So I, I remember him crashing a lot. Um, yeah, and being kind of a 
12th to 8th place guy like you know what i mean like and that was yeah. more watered down east like uh like obviously right at the beginning we had ac um and baggett and uh davalos were all in there um and by the end of it they weren't and i th- i still feel like he wasn't quite at that level um so that being said i think a huge step forward for uh for alex martin um quick question if you're Justin Hill and uh, this series comes to a close and you have not won any races, uh, and I don't think he's had even a second place finish, although he may have, I'd have to check that out. But nevertheless, um, would you chalk this season up as being successful if the, if he doesn't have a win? No. Power him, I'll be pretty frustrated. Yeah. I think the same goes for Wilson. They both just don't look as comfortable as they were on the Kawasaki's, in my opinion. Yeah, no uh, second places. One third, only one yeah. third place, and uh, a bunch of other times not on the t- even the top five. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's just. I mean, I'm not saying that he's not working as hard, but it just seems like he's not riding as aggressively, and you know, he's not he's not just out front constantly, constantly like he was on the the Cowie. Mm-hmm. Um, to, and Houston seemed to be the, uh, the race that, uh, we, we got a bunch of, uh, privateers that we hadn't heard from or heard of, uh, too much in the main event. I like, I, I don't know about you. I play Moto Dynasty Fantasy Motocross and that first heat race basically busted my whole night because, uh, Aaron Simino, Rhett Urseth, and Johnny Gelderda all making it in uh, on the first uh, through the the heat race in the first uh, the first race. I guess that had a lot to do with the fact that um, McElrath didn't make it through as well as one of the other riders. Can't remember now. Oh, Hanson, uh, Hanson making like those two from the first heat race kind of I guess allowed two other guys that would have normally been in the LCQ but uh those those guys took me for a loop and actually neither one of them had a bad race uh like Trevor Reese 15th uh ended up 18th not terrible um thought thought he'd have uh, a better ride was Chris Howell but uh nevertheless puts that thing in the main event uh qualified 8th which means he was in the top four when the checkered flag flew in in the first heat race. Great ride for him. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, any other notables that you thought no, of? No, honestly, uh, you know, one thing that I noticed was Tommy Hahn in, in second place in the heat race. Which I was about to say, sort of surprised me. Yeah, yeah. And tenth place on the night, but uh, started out sixth. Or yeah, he started. He first lap, he was sixth place. Moved back to tenth, but nevertheless, uh, good ride for uh, Thomas Hahn, the one thirty. Um, would you say that was a, that's a successful return for uh, Tommy Hahn? Um, obviously, an ex factory yeah. Honda guy, but uh, like showing some flashes of brilliance. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he's really, uh, you know. Put, put like how much effort he's put in up to the season because I don't. I think it was kind of a last minute kind of deal for him. Yeah, I but agree. I think, I think he has more than what he's done. You know, like you said, he was on factory Honda. You know, he's been, he's been one of the good guys out there. In the he's 450 won a national. Especially, won a 450. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think that he has more in him. Totally agree. Um, Josh Hansen. And like, I don't want to sit here and knock on Josh Hansen. Cause you know what? I actually like the way the guy rides a motorcycle. If, oh, yeah. if I could just watch slow motion video of Josh Hansen on a motorcycle for 24 hours a day, I'd probably be a happy guy. Um, I just think that the way racing is now, it's a, it's a, the, the aggression is kind of passed him by and he, he'd probably disagree with me on that one, but, and I, he, I know that he's, he's nursing some ribs, but more 11th places than not. I, I, I kind of try to think of a time that he was challenging for the lead or, or like didn't just get shuffled back easily. Josh Hansen. Yeah. Uh, I feel like he's kind of just, he, he gets eaten up by the young guys because they're just so, they're just so horny to do well. They're 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 just champing at the bit, yeah. and he's just kind of like ah, no thanks. So that's yeah, what put you eleventh. I, I wish that he would be more aggressive, like he was, but in the past, yeah. Yeah, I think that worked for him. You know, it, it caused a lot of problems, obviously. You know, a lot of guys didn't like him, 
but he, he's kind of at a point right now where he doesn't need to worry about that. No. If he wants to win, you know, he needs to win. He needs to go out there and ride like he knows how to ride, which is like a bad house. Yeah, so. and honestly, um, an 11th place ride, as much as we all know who he is, the yeah, the no. TV doesn't yeah, really oh. talk about it. Like it doesn't really add yeah. you any exposure because you're kind of you're in the middle of the pack. You're just kind of like yeah. the the TV broadcast doesn't like. I had no idea that Chris Aldridge ended up ninth until I just looked at this. And, yeah, me neither. <laughs> you know what I mean. He's your highest place in Kawasaki, but Ralph Shaheen and uh, and Jeff Emig don't mention it. So and yeah. and Josh Josh Hansen is three spots back from that. So um, tough to really say if if what he's doing is like is is really worth all of his efforts. You know what I mean? It's just it's, yeah. he's, he's out there sort of. It's like he he looks good on the bike to sort of put it in laps though. Yeah, you know, and I, I highly, I don't, I'm pretty positive he's not doing outdoors, right? Oh no, no, I, I very yeah, much doubt yeah, that. I figured, but uh, he'll be in the hills somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I figured he, you know, he'll probably do some one-off things in the over the break, over the summer. You know, he'll probably do X Games best whip, and he'll probably do <clears throat> stuff Bull, like that. Rhythm. Yeah, straight rhythm, all that good stuff. So, I think what he really needs to focus on in the summer is just, you know, buckling down, training harder getting that bike dialed in and just getting his old self back. Yeah. I think he did. I, if I, if I'm Josh Hansen, I'm making friends with a Chris Aldridge or another guy, another fast kid on a Kawasaki and I'm chasing those little bastards around the track, trying to find that kind of just that youthful exuberance that these guys hold on to because like literally he's getting beaten by uh, by youth right now. He's like, he's not yeah, that old yeah. of a guy, but he's getting beaten by these like kids that are just, they'll do anything to win. And he's got to try yeah, and capture Josh that. Josh is 32 now. He's 32. So he, he is getting up there, you know, for a motocross rider. That is getting up there for a motocross rider. Like, honestly, uh, if he was in the Fork 50 class, we'd be talking about the twilight of his career. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And I, I'm not saying, I don't think his career is anywhere close to being over, you know. Yeah, totally. Everybody loves watching that guy ride, and I, I just hope that he really uh, buckles buckles down and gets gets his stuff together for uh, next season. I agree, and you know what the 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 the, the bike looks great. Oh um, yeah, that black cow, that basically all black cowie, um, and he like it's he, he's got a good look going out on that there. I just I would uh, just like to see that bike that gear closer to the top five. That's all I really want to see. Yeah, same. I'm right there with you. All right, guys. All right, guys. It's time for a commercial. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You, too, can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well... You better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Emigos. For extreme kids like us. Emig's a racing man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bowl. Emigos with bran. Fat bowl. Emigos with bran. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. So, what do you think of Rich Taylor? Lighter than air and stronger than steel. So, what that means is it can move much faster. 2014 X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X. 
Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys who are building wheels for Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. So let's move on to the 450s because we're already into this for ten, uh, for 30 minutes time. Um, and as always, let's start off with uh, the, the man of the hour, Cole Seeley. We will get into Ryan Dungey. Of course, he is the 2015 <laughs> champion, but I'd like to give Cole Seeley his due um, on the evening of the race, directly after watching his first ever 450 main event, I chose to watch a YouTube video. Uh, for those who don't know, there was a, a video series called the Mini Warriors. And during the first one, Cole Seeley has his own segment where he's on a KTM as well as a Lem 50, uh, number 55. Or no, 22. Uh, and uh, it was cool to see uh, a young Cole Seeley just wet behind the ears, super young, and then uh, just only an hour previous, watching him come across the finish line for the very first time uh, as a, a main event winner in the Supercross. Uh, he qualified second. He led every single lap. And um, I think when you saw him cross the finish line, it showed you a little bit, or you, you got the feeling of how much it meant to him, how excited he was to, uh, to win that race, because uh, I think I counted about nine or ten fist pumps uh and and sub fist pumps in there so uh uh what do you have to say about uh cole seeley the 14 machine putting it up front well he surprised me you know he's he another one that surprised me on uh, saturday i don't i mean he won his heat race and i i, I expected him to do good but i didn't expect him to win it because of ryan dungeon's success in the past couple rounds you know he's just been killing it but uh you know, he checked out from the very beginning, you know, whole shot of it and let everything all out. So it's, uh, if you're watching him, you know, he, he you could really see this, his, uh, his BMX background really taking effect because he was landing everything so perfectly. And I, I mean, he, he just rode a flawless race and it was a, it was a cool thing to watch. Oh yeah. Like I downsides transitions like no tomorrow. Um, it yeah. just seems he, he rides a 450 so delicately, and I don't mean that in any bad way whatsoever. He just places he rides that it like bike. A bike. Yeah, he yeah. does. He he rides it like a bicycle, and uh, that's really yeah. cool. I think it's like a guy like Jeremy McGrath would love to see something like that because that's kind of how uh, our MC how he rode. rode you yeah. know what I mean? 
Yeah, for sure. That's basically how McGrath won all of his stuff. You know, he was just really fluent, and you know, he raced BMX as well. So, as you can tell, that uh, that BMX background pays off. No kidding. And uh, no, it's it's just great to see. You know, like uh, his the Dungey stole a little bit of his post race thunder. Obviously, um, he just like somehow ended up with two pairs of goggles around his neck during the broadcast, which was <laughs> hilarious. Um, and, uh, I just, yeah, I just thought to, that it was, it was really cool to see, uh, especially in the series where, um, a lot of people have just been like, Hey, who's going to win Tomac or Dungey at this point? Like, can anyone else win? Like it penciled those guys in for the top. And of course they still ended up yeah. on the podium, but it's nice to see that someone was able to leapfrog both of them and end up in the number one ride. And, uh, yeah, like Dungey. He's on on the start after lap one. He was coming. He came around in tenth, and uh, very uncharacteristic start for for Dungey. But uh, I think confidently and calmly worked his way to the front. He knew guys would make mistakes, and the pressure's off. Like he, all he needed to do was finish within sight of Eli Tomac. He could have been two positions behind, uh, or or better. Anywhere around Eli Tomac, and he was gonna he was gonna do well. And he uh, he started out tenth. Eli was eighth, and yeah, they just kind of charged through the pack together. Dungey got the better of him by the end of it. And I think at that point, Eli, very much similar to uh, McElrath, was kind of like, "This is Dungey's night. I'm not gonna fox yeah, with him." Yeah, let it happen. Yeah, exactly. What 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 would you really prove do? by yeah, okay. by beating him this one race? Like. Even yeah. even if you even if Tomac had put a pressure on Dungey, what Dungey probably would have done is just kind of like he would have kind of let up dog. a little bit and taken the yeah. third and the championship sure. and not think twice about it. So it wasn't really worth Eli's uh, effort uh, to try and take that second place away from him. And to be honest, I don't know if he really could have. Um, he, he qualifies twelfth on the evening, ends up uh, third on the night. Pretty good night for him. I know he's frustrated. I I don't think there's anyone that is more excited or more like waiting on the the nationals than Eli Tomac. He wants those things to get going because uh, I think he's just fed up with super fresh start. Exactly. Yeah, it's a fresh start for Eli. The two two motorsports team rounds out your top five. You get the thirty three followed by the twenty two. Um, and for the very first time in a while, and I'm glad I didn't pick it in Fantasy Moto, Andrew Short does not pull the whole shot. He, of course, was only second over uh, after the first lap. Um, but uh, yeah, Shorty's got the starts on. Shorty's got the starts dialed. He usually does get shuffled back a little bit, but uh, I don't think he's born. He's he's a born Colorado guy, but uh, he's yeah. from Texas. Uh, I can't imagine is Small Smith. Or Smith Smithville, well, small Smith. Uh, Smithville. Smithville. How far is that from Austin or Houston? I want to say it's probably about five hours, maybe. Oh, okay, so it's right by it. Yeah, not not too far, but not too close. <laughs> Fair enough. About about the same distance from here to Regina, right? Sure, if you want to say that. Perfect. Yeah, Winnipeg. <laughs> Winnipeg to Regina, only a six-hour drive. Uh, the city that rhymes with fun. Um, <laughs> The uh, Houston marked the return of Justin Barsha, and uh, for all of his efforts to get redialed back into to, to, to Supercross, uh, fly out, uh, risk getting injured. Um, in your humble opinion, do you believe that it's worth uh, getting a ninth? No, I don't think it was. I think he should have just stayed out <clears throat> for the last four rounds and uh, should have just done some outdoor testing. That's what I would have done if I was him. Yeah, I totally agree, but, uh, especially if you've got a guy like uh, Nicoletti who, yeah, I mean, in all, for all intents and purposes, has been getting just as much, if not more, uh, television time than Justin, yeah. winning either semis or heat races, and um, yeah, yeah like, I, 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 I hope he does better. I hope that he has a, a decent season, but uh, outdoors, but yeah, in my opinion, I, I would totally switch focus. I would, I would focus on doing outdoors because... Yeah, that this series, this series was done before it even before he even came back. So like, I don't, I don't really understand the ideology about putting him back in there. Like, different story for Justin Brayton because he would have had to sit out another six rounds. Like he came back six yeah, rounds ago, or five rounds year. ago. But that would have been a longer time off, off like without gate drops. But with like only four weeks left in the series, 
I would I would have left uh, Barsha on the shelf. Make sure he has that Yamaha di- dialed in so that when the gate drops in Glen Helen, he's good to go. Yeah, I, I think that would have been the best bet. But you know what? It is what it is. It's, uh, I'm sure if he gets ready, he'll be regretting that. It is what it is. And um, if I was to tell you that a 250F motorcycle was to get top 14, he's 14th position uh, before the weekend started, um, would you have believed me? And would you have been able to guess who that might have been? Mitchell Oldenburg. And I would how have, surprised uh, I, would, you I would have told you that I, I believed him. You know, yeah. I, I was waiting for him to do it early, earlier in the season, you know, on the West Coast before, and I was waiting for him too. I knew he uh, he had the speed too, and he was he was good all day. You know, I knew him practice. I was watching him a little bit, and uh, he was killing it. And you know, he looked good on it. And uh, I think if he did that every weekend, he'd be fine. Agree, agree. Um... Yeah, the Arma Energy Racing Yamaha rider of Mitchell Oldenburg deciding to ride his 250F with white plates on it this past weekend. I believe he's going to do a couple more, including Vegas uh, on the on the 250 in the big bike class. Um, and not to say that he's that class racing. is sorry. It's not during the. Uh... 250 East over there? Oh, I guess it's, it's, it's it'll really be done. A, uh, it, that will be done by then. Yeah. And uh, like, um, if you're if you're in search of a higher, or I guess in this case a lower national number, would it make more sense to race in the in the event that gives you no national points, or the ones yeah, that, true. that uh, you can contribute? So like, he got seven points last race. Uh, he's already putting himself in a better position to have more points. Uh, this year than he had last year, so um, safe to say, I, I like if I'm if I'm Jimmy Sloan and Jimmy Jimmy Albertson, I'm putting him on uh, in the 450 class for Vegas. Yeah, that's probably the best bet. So, a um, couple other notables: uh, a good friend of yours, Dustin Pipes, out of yeah. uh, out of California. He uh, like this is this blows my mind because somehow Ralph Shaheen actually had a tidbit of useful or. I wouldn't say maybe not useful, but uh, obscure information on uh, on pipes that he's a 4.0 uh, student going to school for both business and uh, possibly into law school. How Ralph was able to attain that information is beyond me. I have no idea how he was able to pull that out for one particular rider, but I do appreciate it. Dude, I don't even know that. Exactly. Unfortunately, I, <laughs> I did because I've had I had him on my show about a year ago. But nevertheless, uh, the 181 put the boots to your man in the LCQ uh, and putting an extra yeah, yeah. in the finish in the uh, the main event. It was a straight up win. He was like he. You can't argue with it. It was. Though. It was. It was close though. It was pretty close. It was pretty close. And I believe on a if Adams if Addy would have had his his own bike, I don't think uh, that would have. I don't even think he would have been in the LCQ. He would have qualified right out of the, the semi, or maybe have won a yeah. few race. And and if he was in the situation, he, I guarantee you, he probably would have punted pipes to the moon. I agree with that. Um, speaking of punting people to the moon, the 22 machine or 21 machine is making absolutely no friends. In fact, I believe the 21 that's on the front of his bike was his goal at the beginning of the year was to have 21 enemies in Supercross by the end of the season. He's wanting to have every single one, everyone but himself on the main event, uh, have him in his bad book. If you're going to go down the line and just count them off, I'm pretty sure that uh, Chad Reed is not a big fan of him. He cross-jumped on short. Uh, Tickle's probably not a huge fan of him either. Uh, Blake Baggett yeah, wants yeah. to punt him. And, uh, yeah, the list goes on. Um, <laughs> Jason Anderson, great rider. Love his style uh, on the bike. Uh, just not when he's around other riders. The guy's making catastrophic decisions, especially trying to tuck it underneath uh, Chad Reed when there's really no room. Uh, I don't know which 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 move was more unrealistic or more uh, uh, not going to happen. Dustin Pipes, 2000, or in, um, was it Detroit? St. Louis. St. Louis. Dustin Pipes in St. Louis, <laughs> or uh, that move that he tried to squeak 
on the inside of, of Reed this past weekend with uh, with Anderson. Neither one of those was happening, but honestly, I think I might give the knot, uh, the the tip of the hat to Anderson on that one because uh, the idea that you're going to sneak on the inside of Chav Reed in a tight inside corner with a tough block inside of you, like, no, come no, on, no. man. Yeah, no, I think the, the dumber mistake that he made was getting together with Pike. You know, I don't think it was super, yeah. super dirty. But from what I could tell on the stands, I was sitting pretty close to that section. And from what I could tell, you know, he kind of nudged him a little bit. And that's pretty dumb on his part. He knows that Pike's going to come back swinging. So. Yeah, well, if, you know, to, like to quote his Twitter, uh, if this was two years ago, somebody would be napping. He said that? That's what uh, apparently that got deleted from Weston Pipes' uh, uh, Twitter. Oh man, but, that's awesome. And uh, but yeah, no, the uh, the twenty three, uh, not a big fan of uh, of the twenty one. So yeah, we'll, we'll yet to be seen what uh, what goes on there. But um, <laughs> like, I, I just I I I would like to see Anderson just stay out of those things. He's a like when he rides yeah. all on his own. Guy's lightning fast, and he could have an amazing career being a top contender. But if you yeah, go he, around picking fights with everybody, eventually, like, think about it this way: if if the entire field has has it out for you, is it easier to pass someone that is neutral or happens to like you, or is it is it harder to pass someone that like you've got like they've got uh, you in their uh, on their short list of people that they'd like to punt? Like, no, yeah, I see what you mean. If I'm if I'm not a if I if I'm not a Shane Doyle fan and you happen to be on the outside, I'm sorry, brother. You're going in the cheap seats, and I mean now. <laughs> yeah, I mean exactly. It's, it, he's making it harder on himself, and you know, they're just gonna forget about that stuff when they go outdoors. You know, they're gonna remember that, and you know, who knows? Maybe he's coming around the outside of a turn and outdoors at Red Boat or wherever, and you know, Pike's coming on the inside. He's gonna slam him. You know, he's not just gonna let him go past. I mean, it's just not, that's not how it works in motocross, you know? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I have a feeling that um, some revenge will be uh, executed uh, long before the, the gate drops in Glen Helen. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, a um, few points before I hang up on you abruptly without saying goodbye. Um, <laughs> outdoors this year. Um, are we in agreement that, uh, like, again, this is going to basically – we're I wouldn't say reset as uh, for the who's next sort of thing, but um, a brand new series definitely brings ushers in a whole new list of guys who have a chance to win a championship. I think your overwhelming uh, favorite is Ryan Dungey, mainly based on his recent success, his 2012 yeah. championship. And um, but of course. Your reigning championship or your champion, the number one, will be on the line. And uh, based on his Instagram, he will be ready, putting in some work today. Um, Ken Roxon will be back. Ryan Dungey will be there. He'll be steady Eddie. Uh, Tomac will be ungodly fast. You've got Seeley, who's never really been a total outdoor guy, but he made some improvements last year. Uh, Chad Reed's last hurrah on the outdoors. And of course, um, El Chupacabra, the number four. I'm not too sure if you remember, but the number four used to be pretty, uh, pretty successful uh, in the outdoor series. Uh, and then uh, Justin Barsha. So I just listed off six guys, um, and I guarantee not all six of them will be in the top six in points by the end of the series. Um, who's your pick, though? If you if I had to nail you down right now as to say who's going to be the champion in 2015 in the 450 class for outdoors, who are you picking? <clears throat> I'm going to go with Roxon, to be honest with you. Uh, re regarding that he doesn't get hurt, that's the main thing. You know, if he's there, I think he's faster than Ryan Dungey every weekend. But it just it depends. It all depends on how consistently he is. Because, you know, to last year towards the end, he kind of started to fade just a little bit because, you know, it was his first 450 year. So hopefully this year, you know, he'll come back and uh, be able to go the whole, the whole 12 rounds. Uh, up top, you know, but we you know we haven't really, we don't know how he's doing, like how he's doing training wise right now without Alden. So, you know, it, it'll be kind of iffy, but you know, I think that's my pick as of right now. 
Well, right on. I, uh, I, I respect that hundred percent. Um, and, and I, th- I think you're on the right track. I think, um, Ken Roxon, obviously proof is in the pudding from his number one plate. Uh, yeah. my only question is consistency. And of course, last year he was able to do so. Um, but this year I feel like, um, well, it's a, it's a whole new ball game. Like it's a, it's a whole brand new season. Uh, we can't go directly off of last year's, uh, uh results. And of course, um, Trey Kennard will be back. He's got a broken arm. Yeah. He does not have a broken body. Um, He'll be back at it. He was ungodly fast at the beginning of or at the end of the season last year. Um, and yeah, those guys will all be there. All the contenders um, will be will be firing on all cylinders. I think. But when the when the checkered flag flies, um, I hate to go with consistency, but uh, my 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 pick and my non sexy pick is Ryan Dungey. I think that he's going to have the consistency and the speed to do it for. 12 rounds and um yeah barring any any bad races on his part broken bikes which i don't think will happen um yeah i think brian dungy will be your champion um 250s before i let you go uh we will see the return of the prodigal son the chosen one the baby himself baby jesus adam c and sorolo um do you, do you think that the Florida kid is going to come with uh, with his A game? Do you think he's going to have enough to dethrone uh, both Martin, Cooper, um, everybody? Do you think he's going to be able to run that pace and um, basically do what everyone's figured he'd do from coming to the from the amateurs? Like, you know what I mean? Do you think that he's going to follow yeah. through on the dominance that basically was? The, they said it would happen. It's going two ways. Yeah, I see it going two ways. It's either going to be he comes out and just kills it, like wins both motos in dominant fashion, or he has a terrible moto, terrible two motos, actually, and just is not there at all. It, it could go either way. You know, I can see it going both ways. It all depends on how how well he's feeling coming into it. Right on, right on. Well, you know what? In my opinion, uh, like, and this is uh, like complete speculation, but I have a feeling that um, I have a feeling that AC comes out and just drops an H bomb on these guys. Absolutely comes yeah. out flying and just just puts it to these guys and just kills it. I, I honestly feel like that. I, I don't know why. I don't know what's telling me that this is going to be the case, but um, Adam Cianzarillo is going to be fast this year. And I'm not too sure if, if Cooper Webb or any of those guys is going to be able to match it on week to week basis. Will those guys win motos? Un- undoubtedly. I don't, th- I don't yeah. uh, expect a 2004 or 2003 James Stewart to just come out and kill everyone. But I definitely think that um, that AC is going to win some motos, and he's going to do some. He's going to do so in spectacular fashion. I think uh, some some serious beatdowns are going to are going to are going to be happening. So, uh, yeah. but yeah, that's my pick. Um, and that's it. That's all for the for an hour long conversation with Shane Doyle. Uh, Shane, um, any plans to hit any outdoors this season? Uh, final thoughts. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we got some things in the works. We'll see what happens, but uh, probably going to for sure be at Glen Helen. Most likely, you know, I should be there. We'll see. But uh, maybe Millville. just depends on what we're doing uh, and possibly Colorado. Um, but other than that, you know, I'm just kind of planning by here. See what happens. Fair enough. I like it. I like it. Uh, I will be at Millville for sure um, and see how the summer takes me. I'd like to try and hit Redbud because uh, it's yeah, one of the closest same. ones to me, uh, being Michigan, and uh, like it's it would be the second closest to me. Um, so yeah, depending on how my schedule goes, definitely Millville, possibly uh, Redbud. Uh, I'd love to see that one. It's kind of like that's a bucket list race for me. So uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. Love it, man. You uh, have yourself a great evening, and uh, yeah, stay classy. Well, do, man. Always a pleasure to be on here. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast. 
brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigAmixRadio.com for more content.